Yes, <laughs> Mate, we're in. Round two. Round two of the Bonanza. Here we are, guys. Welcome back to the Spice Guys FM Fitness and Mindset episode numero dos. Mate, we're in. We're in, mate. mate. Before we get started, we got a couple, we got a couple of really important things to discuss. Number one, how does it feel to be 25, Chief? Oh, mate, it's weird. Like, I was running up a hill the other day and my lungs almost gave up. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know if this is me. Mate, it's not like you've turned fucking 60. <laughs> you're 25. No, I'm kidding. Um, I didn't really you're going to be in the gym. And you're going to be. You're going to be starting using that excuse. You're like, oh, I'm too old for this shit. You're 25, <laughs> sunshine. Get used to it. Just squatting my personal best. Nah, not today. Oh, <laughs> these poor, these poor supple quads. <laughs> uh, mate, number two. There's the uh, there's the events of Saturday night. Talk to me. What was it like? The spice. Saturday night. Oh yeah. What was the order, mate? It was something called a salt and achari, but it was just way too salty. And like I'm talking, I'm talking. It, it was like a nine out of ten salt to meat ratio. Like I'm, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it was like I just dropped my curry in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, that's not good. Not good. No, but my my dad was like, oh yeah, ours was lovely, but yours was way too salty. And I was like, cheers for making me feel better about myself. <laughs> Where'd you get your curry from? I think it was called the Sultan in Yalding. Um, but it was the, the veg and everything else was fine, like the, the veg, the rice, and the uh, just everything else apart from my main. But then I mixed my main into the rest of the food. Oh, so it was a real schoolboy error before I'd even tried it. Yeah, yeah, no bad um, call. That means it ruins the whole plate of food. Yeah, mate. No, I had a bit of a, uh, a bit of a cheat weekend per se but i had like i had a dominoes yesterday as well oh mate the dream hashtag bulk in life yeah, i'm back <laughs> and then i was just like right i'm gonna eat me oranges eat me apples eat my grapes eat my bananas i was like mate get the five a day in straight mate, <laughs> mate you got your five a day before 10 o'clock in the morning it's great <laughs> i was in bits though dude i was in bits I was like, I don't know what it is about Domino's or eating fast food, but it makes me even more hungry. Um, and then I'm then I'm just snacking around, like trying to eat. Yeah, it's it's because it's all like processed in it. it. Doesn't have any of the fiber yeah. or anything to stop. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's not good. Oh, anyway, mate, I've got a pizza slice on this tricep, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate, the pump, the pump equals the pizza. That's it, <laughs> mate. Stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> push workout sponsored by Domino's. <laughs> mate, that's it. That's what it's all about. Oh, mate. It's less than two weeks now. It's less than two weeks until we're back in business. Oh, mate. Yeah, it's it's a weird time, to be honest, because I feel like I have been wanting it for so long, as in the gyms to be right. <laughs> Nothing else. Um, yeah, I just feel like I wanted the gyms to open for so long. And now that we're finally here, I'm like, shit, like I need to do a lot of a lot of stuff now. Yeah. I'm like, what have I been doing in this like in these couple of months? Yeah, I think so many people have found that sort of like overwhelm. Um, like obviously coming back to the gym, people are gonna be slightly 
well, they're going to perceive themselves to be sort of really out of shape. And like, I was writing a, I was writing a post for my social media the other day about like do's and don'ts are coming back into the gym. And one of the big ones was like, don't get demotivated if you can't lift what you did before we went into lockdown. Certainly that's a big thing for me. Um, I was sort of, I was thinking back about when we sort of last entered the gym and thinking, oh, I'm getting quite anxious about sort of where I'm going to be yeah. when I get back in. And I think that's something a lot of people are feeling. But what you got to remember, mate, I'm going to bring out the cliches here. No one remembers the setback. They only remember the comeback. Bosh. <laughs> it's what it no, it is, it, it is exciting. I think as... As much as it's sort of anxiety provoking, it is really exciting. I'm gassed to see everyone. Um, I think I think you and I both sort of found that it's been sort of it's been pretty sweet training outside. Like yesterday, oh my god, it was it was so spicy outside. Did you see the fit? Do you see my tan lines? I'm gonna I'm gonna get a picture of the tan line. Yeah, the squashy mate. Squashy mate, it's unreal. Look at that. Can you see that? Genuinely. <laughs> It's going to go brown, dude. It's going to go brown. And that was just from like five sessions back to back in the broad sunshine. It was beautiful. But that said, like, it's just a one in a million, isn't it? The sunshine. So it will be nice to get back in, back in beach. Mate, it's supposed to snow next week. Like, what even is that? Hey, just in time. Just in time. Get back in. What are your thoughts in terms of um, advice you'd give people because I, as i said i was writing this for my social media the other day and it really made me think what would sort of your main things to focus on going back into the gym and what would you say like is the main psychological um barriers you need to sort of break through it's the first two three weeks if you can make it through that and just kind of kind of maintain where you where you were and just go super light almost yeah. Um, yeah. Just to get your nervous system sort of back in, back in gear, especially if you haven't been training through the lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people won't have trained through the lockdown and then go back in and try and do what they did before and yeah. then crash and burn after about a month. Um, so it's kind of like going way back on your frequency in the gym, possibly, and just making sure you're getting all of that good recovery and managing your variables. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like your sleep, your food and your drink, and then yeah just just really then having a careful think about what you want to achieve uh like whether do you want do you want to build muscle do you want to lose fat um because i know i know quite a few people have mentioned to me about like putting on lockdown pounds and everything like that but as you say it is quite psychological in that sense um so it's really it's really just um getting back in the swing of things i know we haven't got classes for a little bit um but that doesn't mean that there's any excuses as well <laughs> yeah i think it was matt when when we came back you remember when we came back briefly at the beginning of december i think it was matt that said like go into the gym with the intention of lifting light otherwise if you just go for a one rep max you're just going to like <laughs> you're injure yourself big time like if i was to go first session back and i was going to go for like a one rep max uh um, what I was pulling before we before we went into lockdown, mate, I'd break my fucking back. Like it would not be good. And I think the other thing is, although even if you have been training at home, it's highly likely you've been sort of doing uh, stuff like hit workouts or 
um, those higher intensity, high rep, high volume workouts where you're doing reps and reps and reps of either body weight or stuff with light dumbbells or bands or anything like that. And when you go back into the gym, obviously you're going to be hitting your body with a completely different stimulus because you're going to be what you're going to be dropping the reps. You're not going to be working on those sort of 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off whole um, hit workout style. You're going to be doing more strengthy stuff or um, hypertrophy stuff. Um, with that, you've got to consider that your body won't be used to that. Um, so you have got to scale right back. I, I know certainly psychologically, I'm preparing to go in like first couple of sessions. I'm just going to focus on um, technique, like light, mm. really, really light weights. Um, just get back into it. Yeah, but as you say, as you say, man, like people's, especially the back side of things, like it's harder to train back at home. Because obviously you haven't got like the lap pull down machines. I mean, some people are lucky enough to have equipment, but for those who don't, don't have equipment, a lot of it's going to be you focus yeah. on your strength. You haven't really yeah. focused on your glutes that much. Probably. Yeah, if you, think, if you think about sort of hit workouts, certainly a lot of the ones that um, I've been sort of giving to my clients over lockdown, you got squats, lunges, press ups. They're all they're all pushing movements. It's either quad dominant or stuff to do with your um, anterior chain. Everything everything on your backside is sort of slightly neglected. People are just like a lot more sedentary because they don't they don't have to move about. Um, so, yeah. And the weather hasn't been that great. Yeah, yeah, particularly in this last lockdown, hasn't it? But yeah, the first two were so good. I feel like the first two, I was really going for it training-wise. And then this last one, um, I've kind of listened to my body a bit more and just made sure my head's straight really it's not necessarily yeah. about being more intuitive um and training intuitively it's such a sort of underrated skill knowing when you need a rest day knowing when you need to pull the weights back um, and focus more on your flexibility and mobility i'm shite at it um like i i remember like for the first sort of two i'm get, i am getting better but like first two years that I was lifting weights, I'd always be on that like push through the pain mentality. Um, and there's that I now I know there's a very very big difference between fatigue and like an actual niggle or a potential injury. Um, so that with you. yeah, exactly. And being intuitive is like yeah, it's such a big thing. But mate, it's I think. Like, um, no, I was going to say my physio said to me. He said. Um, if you keep doing like double spins and and then like pumps and then doing all this and actually taking part, he said, your joints, mate, are going to be like, well, by the time you're 50, they're going to be like, I'm here, mate. This is for all of those early years. Even the thought of double spin just makes me feel physically sick. There was one point, mate, where I think this is bad to say really, but I had some sort of sickness bug and... I think I came in and did a spin, but I had little food and I kind of let it carry me away. And I, mate, I almost passed out on the bike. I was literally like, <laughs> I was like, guys, we're going for 30 seconds. And like somebody said to me afterwards, it was like a minute and minute and a half. <laughs> I was like, I'd lost all track of intervals. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I remember coming to one of your spins. And like you got, I think you put your songs on shuffle and about 15 <laughs> minutes before the end, your cooldown song came on and you were like, oh yeah, let's go for a cooldown sprint. 
Oh, mate, you know what it was? Power Music didn't download all of its songs. So, like, you know, like, if you add a new song in, yeah. if you add a new song in, like, I didn't refresh the download. So it, li- it literally just went straight into, like, Wretch 32, six words. And I'd already started it. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, do I stop now and go back? But then I'd have to re, like, do a song. I was like, this is a cool down, but it's also a sprint. <laughs> Mate, all this to look forward to. It's only, it's only what, like eight days now? Oh, mate, yeah. That, what's your been your funniest moment in class, mate? What's been your like most embarrassing moment in class? Most embarrassing moment? Um, I fell off the bike in one of my first ever classes. Because <laughs> like when I first started, I was like super enthusiastic, but it was the com- it was it was the combination of being really keen. And also being really nervous. And I remember, I I can't remember which track it was. I think it was one of my, I think it was one of my Naughty Jungle DB tracks. The bike sort of tilted forward. I was like, shit. I feel like the majority of them do happen in spin classes. Anyway, mate, right. Next topic of conversation. We, we spoke about this um, when we were planning sort of this episode and we I know sort of a big thing that you want to sort of share is your your personal experiences with bereavement and all that. Yeah, man, like it's, there's like, I feel like there's two, two sides of like grief and bereavement as well. Um, if someone does it through their own choosing or if it's like a sudden, sudden passing, like it's a massive difference to like losing losing someone that you can can kind of see already happen. Yeah. So like yeah. The, trauma, the trauma side of things is bigger, obviously, when someone decides to do it through their own choosing. Yeah. Because um, you're trying to understand it and try and make make sense of it. But the fact is, you're never gonna like truly truly understand it as well. So like your brain's going through this weird sort of fight trying to rationalize it but then it can't rationalize it so you're kind of in a losing battle in a way and you kind of have to just survive it um and i know like there's obviously through lockdown there's been way more way more suicides as well so somebody listening to this may have lost someone through that or someone through a traumatic illness even even through covid so if it's like a, a shock to them, it's kind of those similar symptoms, like you can't really put it into words how you feel or rationalize it, but it affects your whole your whole mindset. So like for, for me, when it when it happens, I my relationship massively suffered and it, and my relationships still now suffer because I feel like I can't I can't open up and be close to anyone. Because I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of like losing someone close to me again. Yeah, same thing happening that happened before. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad, man. But like, you can't do anything really about it. It's just something that heals with time. Yeah, I think something um, like I think something like that. Certainly, from when you've spoken to me about it in the past, it's like, although you learn to sort of deal with it psychologically the sort of lasting impact of an experience like that, particularly for you, obviously it was one of your friends who passed and he was very young, Um, something like that. It has certain impacts that like sort of stay with you in terms of, yeah, as you say, your relationships, um, all all, like 
very subtly that it can affect like every single part of your life um and like my friend my friendships like i prioritize more now like uh what i have done in recent years even though i haven't sort of not- noticed it per se but i feel like with my friends I, I value every every second and like try and value my friendships so much more yeah than i than i ever did um but I, th- I feel like that would be the same depending on who whoever it was like if it was one of your family members that did it or your friends or your girlfriend like you would prioritize that that aspect in your life whether it be family a relationship or friendship yeah. where you lost that person but um like i i also lost like my my great uncle who i used to i used to see regularly um through like a he had a feeding back his veins in his throat which like he basically died died and then also my granddad i lost as well so yeah. like that that happened but like in a few months few months after um and like when you when you experience quite a lot of loss like one after the other as you can probably uh, relate to as well it's it's like you feel quite isolated and and alone even though you're not um you can't you can't expect that you and certainly from my experiences when that when that sort of succession of traumatic events like that happen you come to expect the worst out of every situation um Mm. like i remember i remember when so I, i spoke about on the last pod when my when my granny died who i was very close to that was um that was sort of the trigger of like the sort of going through the grief process was sort of the trigger for a lot of my problems further down the line with the eating disorder but one of the big things of that the reason why I went downhill when I was up when I went up to Edinburgh after I lost my granny was because um my mum was going through a few health problems and she like, she told me what was going on but because of what had happened with my granny I was sort of thinking the worst i was thinking the worst exactly i was thinking the worst of what was going to happen to my mom and then that sort of just played played on your mind and i think it certainly when particularly when you lose someone close to you it alters your thought patterns towards every situation and for me it makes me very pessimistic and um there's also a lot of denial there's a lot of denial uh like you don't want to you don't want to kind of accept it and you almost try and replace not replace, but you try and find that like for like person in a way, but so you're trying to fill a hole in your life effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's impossible to. So that's why I ultimately started therapy and went and that that was before I became PT. So when I was at AXA, I I couldn't I just couldn't focus my mind on the job at all and ended up yeah. getting signed off work for a bit. But then um I was like I was going through therapy and like the CBT side of things, like I highly recommend it to anyone. Um, just the coping strategies that you learn, but yeah. then you have to like, like in, in the darkest of moments, you have to kind of try and survive, just survive. And if you're in a really dark place with it, you just have to do, do what is best for you. So for me, it's actually isolating because I, I talk to people when I'm ready, 
but yeah, I will, never, I will never show someone really my most vulnerable point necessarily. And yeah. like that, yeah. that with me is like listening to like a certain, certain type of music or it would be like isolating myself in my room for a bit and just trying to write my feelings down. Yeah. And you kind of go to war with yourself. And that's what David Goggins said um, in, a, in a tool once. He was like, you need to go to war with yourself before you can. So like if you turf it under a rug, it's not going to go anywhere. And then it's just going to like, it's called the bucket effect, isn't it? When you like pour it into a bucket, eventually that bucket's going to overflow. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like that. Quite like that analogy. Apart from the CBT and the the therapy side of things, from like the professional standpoint, did you have any other sort of ways in which you dealt with it, like particular coping mechanisms? Um, um, what really helped was like we had we had like anniversary meetups from when from when he passed, um, and I saw I'm so, I saw his mum and his sister and his friends. Like there were some friends that were. That were closer to him as well mm-hmm. um, but I, I always held, held him in a high regard because of like the type of person that he was yeah um, and like the nights out that we used to have were like the best as, as well so it's that that's the side of things just seeing it seeing them happy that like, makes a huge difference yeah. um like, the strength that, that must take is is mental when he was so young like getting to mm. that final stage of acceptance must be like the hardest battle ever. Um, it matured me a lot because I was quite a out like I was I was a crazy person. Like when when I was eighteen through like my my early adult years, I was I was a crazy person. It changed me um, just because I was going through therapy and I was trying to get my thoughts down and like I I was I was like I don't want to. I don't want to suppress my my feelings any longer. Yeah. Do you, fi- do you uh, do, did you find that sort of after like obviously it was a traumatic event, but after that event you sort of got a little bit of perspective on life and sort of found your found your true self almost. It made me realise through going through therapy as well. I was like, I'm not happy in my current job, um, and that was that was a real big thing. Like because obviously uh, at work it's it's a good three quarters of your life and your or two thirds of your life in your younger yeah. years. That's why I was like, I was going through PC with Callum at the time. And um, there was one particular day I remember where I didn't need to be into, into AXA like until about half 12, but Callum was like, come in like early at like six, 6 a.m. And we'll just have a talk about it and train and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And that, that was the real point where I was like, okay, this is either make or break. I'm either going to go backwards here or I'm going to like break through it. And that 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 was when I had that that chat with him. And um, because that was when I split up with my ex as well, my first my first girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And that that was hard. So like I lost, I lost a lot. I also couldn't couldn't drive because I was having tests, tests into epilepsy. Yeah. So like yeah. I found my first test. I'd broken up with my my first girlfriend and also like I was going through different hearings with my first first job as well. And then also my mate, my mate did what he did. So it was like trying to see trying to see the positives out of that at the time was very hard because yeah. you were getting knocked down like constantly. 
and trying to like clutch onto any anything any positive yeah yeah it's bloody hard man but like to answer your question um do i do anything now um i've kind of taken what happened with therapy and and um ran with it a bit because i've done my own research i've listened to countless ted talks like they're really good and i've found speakers that i can kind of resonate with Mm. um and i think there are a lot lot there are a lot of people who have gone through similar things like i think we've all been in that position in life where one thing is the catalyst and everything sort of goes to shit or break exactly um like the 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 thing i can sort of relate to on that front is following the death of my granny my um all of my friendships suffered i didn't speak to anyone i didn't speak to my, my sister's like my best friend i stopped talking to my sister um, my eating obviously went downhill. My weight debt went downhill. Um, my mental state just plummeted, and like one after the other, things started going down. My um, sort of grades at uni sort of went down, and like we've all been there, where sort of a succession of bad events just leads like slowly into a worse position, um, and it's coming out of that like the absolute pit, the absolute depth. Um, it's coming out of that um, worst case scenario, and it's, it's it's like I said at the beginning of the pod, like it's all about the comeback um, and coming back from those multiple setbacks that you have. It's about keep keeping on progressing as well, like mentally, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's the hardest bit. Like with therapy, it took me to a certain point, and then I got kind of stuck again. And this was like even last year, I was like, I found myself crying to like Beth and Beth and George the managers yeah um, or Beth and Georgie as well um and I was literally like I'm I'm stuck like I feel I feel like I can't I can't move move forward like I feel, I feel like I can't move past this state and then that's when Callum who's now a life coach I, I started talking to him more about that and he helped me on the mental side of things which was mm-hmm. massive and he was helping me out with like this this huge thing it was like the wheel of life um you know basically splitting it down into different sections grading it how happy you are out of 10 and then working like in little sustainable goals because that's the way i work uh rather than all in my head and just being like what the hell is going on um i think that's certainly why because you did cbt as well and I, i did cbt when i um back when I was um, sort of hospitalized with the eating disorder. And for me, the reason why CBT worked so well for me, and I'm sure you'd find the same, is the sort of more structured approach to sort of um, your mental state of mind. It's instead of having sort of a wish-wash of thoughts in your mind about, oh yeah, I wanna get something sorted. Um, I can do this, this and this. And just like, it becomes a bit of a washing machine of both positive and negative thoughts. CBT sort of it just gives you a little bit of clarity and um it's it's almost like a train it's, it's almost like a sort of it's like a um, training program in the gym you have certain exercises that you do and you can see the progression in, in terms of your mindset and your coping mechanisms with certain thoughts and that's certainly one of the reasons why CBT works so well for me but you've, yeah exactly and the other thing is though what people don't realize is that you have to do these exercises as well like and it's like physio or 
anything, a certain amount of it has to be discipline yeah. to actually oh, yeah. do it. It's like flossing. It's bloody yeah, it's bloody hard, mate. It's bloody hard as well. Like because they'll when you you don't when you're in that mindset, you don't want to help yourself out. Yeah. You, yeah. you just don't, but at or the same time, or you, can't see a, or you can't see a way out. Um, or you or you cope you do these coping mechanisms so like you'll go to the gym you'll uh, see your friends but then won't talk about anything that's real yeah like there needs to be that point where you're like okay i'm just going to take even half an hour and just start writing down everything i i did that once and i wrote 10 pages of how i felt and it was just it was just bullshit down on a page you know like it's, it's almost like reconditioning it yeah reconditioning the way you think like it is, and it is like a, it's like a muscle isn't it like you've got to train it um and that I, I think you've hit on something really sort of really important there in that you can do all of the coping you can have all of the coping mechanisms in place you know you can do lots of walking you can do lots of exercise you can have different sort of meditation or you can have that downtime you can have those coping mechanisms but you're never truly going to get out of that really dark place like properly unless you start to understand yourself and you look within and that's where the cbt comes in i think there's a big difference between coping mechanisms and then yeah. um sort of stuff that evokes a more sort of sustainable mindset if that makes sense and the other thing is as well with with coping it is certainly a stage of getting getting out of a tough time because there won't be there, there'll be days where you literally don't feel like doing anything which is why it's so important to survive in that moment yeah. and try not to understand it and just cope but then when you feel ready to that's when you have to kind of then take those coping mechanisms put them to the side a bit and then just be like right i need to move on with my life a bit here yeah. otherwise i'll be in the same position in, in a couple of years time at the end of the day those coping mechanisms are what gets you out of the hole um that's just because otherwise it's going to keep stacking up as well it's yeah. going to keep stacking up because then you'll get fresh problems yeah and then and you'll, then have, you'll, have to, you'll have to have so many coping mechanisms that it just gets out of our control um i think i think the bet the best way i can describe um sort of my experience on that front is the coping mechanisms you know the um sort of healthy exercise the i did lots of lots of walking um around around the time that I was hospitalized and um, around the time that I, I tried to take my own life was the same time that mum and dad got Gus as well. Um, and walking with Gus was a massive thing. Those coping mechanisms helped me get over that initial stage, you know, from the absolute pit. Yeah. It helped sort of start that sort of um, start that road upwards um, on the uphill. Um, and then after that initial stage where those coping mechanisms helped to get you out of the pit, then it was all about understanding the thinking and understanding those thought patterns. And that's where the CBT came in. Yeah, for sure, man. Like it's, um, that, that is, that is the way you kind of have to get out of it. I mean, I know people have different problems and like grading from, you know, really, really dark, dark places like you know going to the stage of being like homeless and like losing everything and like there's 
everybody's got problems that mean something different to them so like a problem that may not affect you or me may affect someone like a lot more as well um and obviously there's like there's lower points that you can get and i will probably get in my life but it's through having these lower periods and trying to and actually dealing with them that you will actually come out and then be able to be more resilient yeah um but it's yeah, it's it's tough. It is tough, man. Like it's, it's, it's a so constant tough. work. It's a constant work in progress, isn't it? It's like it's like when you sort of. I think it's really, really. It's a really good thing to compare your sort of your body and your aesthetics, your fit, your physical appearance, and um, your condition in terms of um, training and all that. It's really good to compare that to your uh, mental state in that um, with That's your right. you never yeah like even like the best bodybuilders or the best powerlifters in the world are never sort of, um, they always see themselves as a work in progress. You, you don't see anyone who um, sort of says, oh yeah, I'm on the bollocks, I'm the, I'm the best of the best and there's nowhere I can go. It's a constant work in progress for even the most elite. And I think that's the, mo- that's the best way to look at your mindset and your mental development is that it's constantly a work in progress. You know, I think both you and I have, both you and I have gone through sort of significant therapy and we've obviously been through some pretty grim experiences in our life. But, um, but, and through that, we've got, we've got these different coping mechanisms and we've done the CBT and we understand ourselves quite well, but I know that I will never get to a place in my head where I feel like I'm prepared to deal with absolutely anything. It's that whole sort of, your your mind and your brain the way you think your thought patterns is a constant work in progress and you're constantly trying to understand like i'm constant i'm constantly finding things out about myself that like i never i never even considered before and that's just through sort of reflection and um looking inwards and reflecting on my thought patterns and all that jazz and if you're struggling it does mean you're progressing as well like it's that's a cliche quote but um I feel like if you if you have the worst things happen to you consecutively, it's because there's something good about to happen that yeah. then all of a sudden yeah. corrects everything. Um, yeah. Or like yeah. certainly then brings you back into a level balance. Um, yeah. If you think about it, all the really successful people, um, like Oprah Winfrey, like she got turned down from her first ever reporting job for not being good enough. Yeah. Um, J.K. Rowling, like there's countless people. Um, but yeah, just on a side note as well, like when, um, like losing someone as well, I feel like at least for me, I want to help people out so much in the case that I want to kind of solve their problems, mm-hmm. even though sometimes people only just want you to listen to them. Yeah. You have to find that balance, don't you? I think sometimes the best yeah. form of helping someone is not to say anything and just to listen. It's a little bit of a different situation, but. I'm thinking of my mum and whenever I have like, whenever I'm feeling particularly stressed or if I'm feeling angry about something or really anxious about something, something big just happens. I call my mum and I'm just like, mum, for the next two minutes or the next five minutes or the next 10 minutes, you don't have to say anything. Bitch and moan and run my fucking mouth off. And you just have to listen. You don't have to say anything. I just need to, I just need to speak to someone. I need to get it all off my chest. 
and afterwards it's like the most cathartic thing ever like i'll probably use every swear word in the book and i particularly if i'm like sort of if someone's pissed me off then i will literally like i'll see red mist i'll go absolutely batshit crazy and for five minutes and then afterwards it's just like i'm a different man it's like an exorcism um and i think it's it's exactly (laughs) that sometimes you can over you can uh, yeah you can over help someone sometimes the best thing to do is just to listen Uh, that's something i find in pt as well when you're when you're in a session sometimes you don't need to say a lot you just need to be like i know i know i can think of quite a few of my athletes who use our sessions literally just to smashing deadlifts or hitting bench or something like that but while like in between in their rest they're like um just running their mouth off about shit that's going on in their lives and you can you can see the difference between before and after the session they're just like yeah they've got all of it off their chest and anyone who out there who has someone close to them who's struggling not just with sort of bereavement and grief and stuff like that um just anything um that puts a lot of strain on you mentally and if you know someone sometimes you just need to offer yourself as an ear you need to just listen you don't need to say anything you don't need to make any insightful comments about um how you can improve your mindset and how like oh you can do such and such and such to improve your mental health or whatnot sometimes you literally just have to be a sponge an emotional sponge but every person's situation is different yeah so it's like it i'm I, I I have got like frustrated with with certain people in the past where I can I, you know that they'll they'll get all of the, they'll listen to these things they'll get like go through therapy kind of thing and but they're not doing the necessary things to help them out they're not doing the exercises yeah I'm going through a PT program and not doing the program like it's that kind of thing but yeah it's, it's the discipline side of things there that that's the side but then as you say you've literally got to be like look I've I've said all I can say, like, I'm just gonna try and try and listen, listen now, but there will, you always go back to what you know. So I will always go back to try and help someone out just because I'm, I like to solve problems. Yeah. (laughs) It's literally like a freaking mind, like a minefield, mate, because you try and help someone, but then you can help someone too much. But then if you don't say anything, you're not helping someone enough. Yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) when i first started out as a pt i thought that um like you want people to like almost become reliant on you but now i know that that's not what you want you want to you want to give people the tools so, so that like yes you can be there as a person to sort of um listen and um provide but you don't yeah yeah you don't want to be holding the freaking up. get up there mate Get up there, stay up there. Yeah, exactly. You want to put them on the shelf instead of just holding them overhead. If somebody relies on you too much, as you say, it's kind of what happened. It is kind of what happened with my mates before. You know, I I used to rely rely on you know Cable, Chris, like all my really close friends, um, and Jack, and the other Jack as well. That there's and you, mate. Even now, like I I used to rely on all of these people um but then i was like mate i'm i'm gonna be in the same position yeah you gotta help yourself like that's the that's uh, first and foremost you gotta look after number one like if as like as pts we've got to 
we've got to sort of look after number one in order to help other people. Um, and I think that goes for anyone who's in a job where they're sort of working with other people, um, whether that be a teacher or um, a PA or anything. Yeah, yeah therapist, exactly. Like, um, if you're working with people in the capacity where you take on their problems, you've got to be in, like, sort of, you've got to make sure that sometimes you say, look, no, I've got to look after myself first and foremost. Even with people who don't necessarily have that sort of job, but they have a lot of friends who, like, vent off to them. Like, you've got, you've got to make sure that you draw a line when you need to um, and be like, look, I can't, I can't sort of take on all of your problems for another day. Like, it, it, it might just take one day just to reset yourself but making sure that you're at your best so that so that you can help other people it's such such a big thing to um as you say just go down that that route with your with your thinking like and you've got to you you have literally got to take even like a day um and that, that's the hardest thing like if you're an empath and you care about people naturally you're going to want to do everything that you physically can to help them yeah but comes that point where somebody goes so so far you literally can't you can't save them sometimes like yeah and that that is the um that is the sad thing like you can look for signs you can try and advise you can tell different people but there's there's that point where it's um you know it is kind of unsalvageable and that that's the sad reality of it yeah um the other thing is as well, like there's kind of like the five, it's the, there's the five stages, isn't there, of, of grief or like with mental health, I feel like when you get that trigger, it's then, as you say, the coping, you then go up and then start kind of combining your coping with your therapy. Mm-hmm. You then leave the therapy behind, do have a coping strategy on the side, but then you're yeah. helping yourself as well. And then at the end of that, it's like you'll, you'll still get little reminders and you'll still get the bad days, but yeah you'll just be so much clearer about yourself I, th- I think hopefully like people take people out there will be able to take a little bit from that um certainly it's like i think it's it's awesome how you can speak very sort of candidly about such a traumatic event um very sort of like i think it's pretty pretty fucking strong so it's it's not it's not like about me like and my problems if that makes sense it's say like to anyone out there you're not alone no one no one's experience is the same with anything to do with mental health not just bereavement um but i think if people if people know that other people have been through something that's a little bit similar or like not necessarily even similar but knowing that people have gone through shit like will hopefully make them realize oh i'm not alone like i think particularly after this lockdown everyone's feeling like like pure fucking shite like i know even the strongest strongest individuals i know have struggled through this so um when it comes to support as well like you you can you can get support or provide support to someone but like you can't rely on someone as you were saying yeah um and like if you can if you can do that yourself and help yourself out that's that's the main thing mm-hmm. um, awesome Joe. i think let's finish off with something spicy i was going to say sauces have not been discontinued those but i don't i don't give i I don't give a shit about the like the normal ones those are those are bullshit i'm talking about peanut butter ones oh okay yeah 
Mate, have you seen that? They're doing, apparently they're doing KFC flavored crisps. Yeah, I had one the other day, mate, and they're a bit good. They're just, oh. they're just roast chicken. <laughs> they're just freaking roast chicken. Mate, I, just, like, I think the one thing I want to finish on is probably the biggest revelation of the week. Like, anyone who knows me knows that I can take the spice. I absolutely fucking live for the spice. Um, but, oh, my God, Sainsbury's, right? Go down the Sainsbury's table sauces aisle. Pick out the... Um, habanero chili sauce okay you know you know you know like um so sainsbury's have like a spice scale like um just to put it into a little bit of perspective tabasco is given the three three chilies on the sainsbury's spice scale this habanero sauce was six and oh my fucking god i was crying like i i could take the spice i was crying after this like because usually when, what I get, has, when I get some when I get some hot sauce, I'm usually just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like banging it out. Just like, yeah, woo. But oh my god, I regretted yeah. it. I was I was literally like, mate, pass me the waiter. Mate, you know uh, GC, the big GC, George Campbell. <laughs> big GC, yeah. <laughs> he loves he loves the habanero, mate, with his sardines. Do you think that's the key to building a big chest? <laughs> the sardines and habanero sauce. Mate, sardines and peanut butter on bagels, that's that's the thing. Wait, sardines and peanut butter? Oh, no, 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 he doesn't have them at the same time. I thought you were saying at the same time. Oh, like, mate. No, he has it with couscous, his sardines, I think. I've been taking tips. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you know, you know what I'm looking for. One of the things I'm looking forward to most is about going back to the gym is seeing GC off his nut on three scoops of pre-workout. Is the is the greatest thing. Mate, all of us about that period where we just like I think it was Aaron, wasn't it, when he had that the rest of that freaking jar oh, of yeah, yeah, um, water. Yeah, like five scoops. I'm like, mate. That's I mean, like, kill you, mate. Sit in the staff room, about to pass out. I, I had, a, I did, uh, yeah, I did have a time where I, I think that was probably it. I didn't have enough, I didn't have enough food, didn't have enough sleep. I just trained legs, and I was about to do a heat class, and I came in, and I was like, yeah, no, no, like good. that sliding down the lockers, like I thought I was, I thought I was gone. I oh, I mate. I gone. shout out the pure gym crew, mate. Looking yeah, forward to seeing you. <laughs> Sponsored by Ghost, love it, mate. Big tip as well. Don't don't use like any takeaways pre-workout fuel. Like honestly, takeaways as pre-workout. Yeah, well, like I I had a Domino like leftover Dominoes in the morning after my birthday, and mate. Oh Jesus! I thought you were talking about that day where I, I was uh, like, you remember that day when you were in the um in the studio and you were still drunk after the night before? I thought you were talking about training legs on that day. <laughs> oh you know that was so bad. I had no sleep mate I had no sleep and I literally came in and I was like oh mate and I was like falling asleep and then I, I woke up and I saw everyone looking at me and I was like <laughs> that was that is the most embarrassing moment that's all my, that's all my, that's that song's on my training playlist and everything every time it comes up I just can't help but smile it's great Gee, have you got any uh, any big news for the week ahead? What you what you doing? Big news for the week ahead. What have we got? Oh, mate, the boot camps have started. The boot camps are That's big. It. Like they, they like it's so it, like honestly, it was like first one 
anyone who was there, apologies. It was a little bit rusty. But mate, I'll tell you, getting back, getting back to teaching the group X, all all COVID security, I should just put it out there. Sanitizer, social distancing, spray, all of that jazz. Um, but yeah, no, it was just so nice to get back teaching people. I can't wait till we can like teach spin and stuff and actually get back. The thing I miss most is those Sunday morning classes. Like those were the bulls. Shout shout out for those people. You know who you are who used to do 8.30 circuits, 9 o'clock spin, and then te- uh, 9.45 or 10 o'clock pump, all on a Sunday morning. Mate, you guys were chatting. When I started, I was doing those uh, taster things. I went to Conrad's, um, I think it was boot camp, and I went to his burn it, but I also did Simon's abs, I think. Simon, mate, your ab class is actually unreal. I, I literally walked out there like <laughs> Mate, I oh, see it when we were training outside of the gym in second lockdown. I saw some of the ab training he did with his clients. Savage. It was like it was like the starfish one or something. Oh, mate. Crunch, right, and then it and then it went into a little little bi- bicycle crunch, and then it was like I was, I was Superman's. That was it. Like holding these two blue plates, and I was like, mate, doing this body weight's hard enough. Like, <laughs> like what oh, is the dream? dream? Mate, I wanted chicken Kiev so bad. That's just made you think. Yeah. Mate, you go get yourself a chicken Kiev. Beautiful. Right, guys. That is a wrap for today. It's a random way to finish. Thank you for getting this far, if you have done. As per usual, drop a chilli wherever you can. Also, leave your favourite spiciest sauce. Leave your favourite hot sauce with a chilli. Oh yeah, mate, mate. We wanna. We want next next episode, episode numero uh, tres. We are gonna go for a spicy sauce review. So get get your comments in. Um, oh, that habanero sauce, mate. That'll be making an appearance. That will. First one, first one to comment gets a free bottle when we go. <laughs> free, free bottle, bottle when we come back. Neck it. You got to neck it. Arrivederci. Keep it spicy.